1: Well, as we all know, there's been no shortage of outlandish takes and opinions about all things Lamar Jackson over the years, but this latest one I stumbled across, I really just can't. Former NFL wide receiver Brandon Marshall is using his podcast platform to take aim at Lamar's teammates in Baltimore for not speaking up on his behalf at the Ravens organization. We're going to have some fun with this one, I promise you that, coming up. I'm Bobby Trossett, solo podcasting while Sarah and her family are in Japan. It's Friday, March 31st, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. So ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky outlined his thoughts on how the 2023 Ravens could remain competitive if Lamar were to be traded at some point before the start of this upcoming season. Plus, I'll run through everything you need to know related to the 2023 newly approved planning rules across the NFL. We have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. So former NFL wide receiver Brandon Marshall recently made some comments on the I Am Athlete podcast that honestly... They straight up left me perplexed. His criticism took issue with Lamar Jackson's teammates in Baltimore and the football
2: fraternity itself. Listen to this. Isn't that funny to you that where where are all the other guys? Like right now, let's let's search Baltimore Ravens teammates stand up for Lamar Jackson. There's right now in the offseason, going into the offseason gonna be 90 guys, mm-hmm. but in the season gonna be almost 60. Right. How many guys do you think you'll find on the internet that stood up and said we need to pay him? Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, you know, I was texting too. guys last night, like legends, or old school guys. Like, yo, um, can you come on paper route tomorrow? You know, I want to talk about the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. We'll get your point of view because obviously you're familiar with the owner and the organization. He's just text a bunch of guys. Yeah, ninety five percent said I'm staying away from that. Yeah. We're scared. We're scared to fight for each other. If I'm a wide receiver in that organization. I basically uh, publicly say, when Lamar leaves, I leave. Mm. Kidding me? Yeah. Please. Sheesh.
1: All right, so first things
2: first. There's not
1: one wide receiver on the current roster in Baltimore that has that kind of cachet or resume within the organization to stick his neck out with a demand like that, right? Second, I'm not sure where Marshall searched for his content on this subject, but he apparently didn't look hard enough. Remember what Mark Andrews had to say during his radio row appearance during Super Bowl week back in February. I think Lamar's a Raven for life. I know that. I know that
3: the organization. I know they want Lamar, and I know that um, you know he he has a lot of respect for the organization as well. So I think both parties want to get this deal done. It's just about it's just about doing it. Yeah.
4: Do you ever though consider like is there something I could do to help break? This? Like everybody wants to be together here. What can I do? Can I clunk heads together and get this done? You're a big guy. You can do it. What can you do?
2: <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. There's enough
4: money to go around. Right? <laughs> so we've got one
1: teammate who's willing to practically give up his paycheck in order to keep Lamar around. What about Calais Campbell? He had this to say earlier in the off season, of course, prior to being released by the Ravens in what was a cap casualty move.
0: Lamar Jackson is a phenomenal quarterback. We do not need. He needs to stay in Baltimore. He can't <laughs> go anywhere else. He should play his whole career in Baltimore. The man is a legend. He, I mean, he carries himself like a professional. I mean, he's you know he's maturing and growing and. I and mean, I love playing for them. We're on the football field and we know Lamar Jackson's back there quarterback. We believe we could beat anybody. You can't just put anybody back there and expect to you know, be a great football team. And I know it's business and things happen. In business, you know, you're going to have times where you have to entertain ideas. and Somebody might come and say, hey, we'll give you five first round picks or whatever. But who do you replace them with? You know, there's no guarantee that when these rookie quarterbacks will come in to be under uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, you go to get a free agent and you don't know how they're really going to fit. And really, there's no free agents out there that, that are Lamar Jackson. So whatever we need to do, I mean, hey, Eric, Eric Dacosta, I love you. Let's find a way to make this happen, baby.
1: So we now have a former teammate who's quite literally begging the front office on national television to make something happen for Lamar. What about another current teammate? This was from just last week. In my one-on-one interview with Pat Ricard,
3: At the end of the day, I just want what's best for him and best for this team. So uh, hopefully, they can get a deal done because you know we all believe in Lamar here. We all want him here, so he's going to do what's uh, you know what he thinks is best. So time will tell. I don't know how much longer, but um, we'll see. I mean, should I keep going?
1: We haven't even gotten to the tweets that some of his current teammates have voiced their support with. So I think you get my point. This agenda or narrative that Brandon Marshall seems to be driving is totally bogus, but I can relate on one aspect of what he said, and that's the fact that because Lamar's situation is micro-analyzed by everyone and super, super hypersensitive, lots of folks just don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. It could be out of fear of something getting taken out of context, which we know happens often, or perhaps it's just out of respect for Lamar and his privacy. I've come across those kinds of sentiments while simply trying to book guests for our show throughout the course of this offseason so far. I mean, one current Ravens rep basically said his client isn't doing any media until the Lamar situation dies down. How about Lamar's former college coach at Louisville, Bobby Petrino? I've interviewed him before during my time with Ravens Radio a few years back. He texted me back saying, quote, let me think about it. I don't want to make anyone mad. So in that sense, I can relate to Brandon's point, but there's no way, no chance I'm getting behind the idea that Lamar's teammates aren't willing to speak up on his behalf because that's just a bunch of nonsense that flat out isn't true. And let's not forget what Marlon Humphrey tweeted out the other day when Lamar announced his trade request. He wrote, quote, handle your business. We're always here, though. I mean, most guys understand that the business side of football isn't something you get in the way of when it comes to your teammates, at least in most cases, it isn't. I mean, it's like an unwritten rule in the NFL fraternity brotherhood, and you would think Brandon Marshall would be familiar with that. Still to come here on The Vault, though, Dan Orlovsky presents his thoughts on how the Ravens could remain competitive if Lamar were to be traded this offseason. So, former NFL quarterback and current ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky was recently asked how the Ravens could remain relevant in the event they were to trade Lamar Jackson at some point before the start of the 2023 season. Listen to this.
4: It's hard. That's the reality. So, two things that have to be very clearly pointed out for everyone listening. One, if they entertain trading Lamar, it doesn't have to be for two first-round picks. There can be situations where Lamar signs the tag and then there's a different form of a trade that gets handled that doesn't ha- that's an offer sheet that would be the two first-round picks. The second thing is this, since Lamar became the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, they have one all-pro player on their offense skill position-wise. That's Mark Andrews. In that time frame, They average 28 points per game. That is the second best offense in the NFL over that span behind Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So if they get to a point where they even entertain trading Lamar Jackson, we are talking about a guy that is a tremendous player. So it's not just, I've heard all these people say this team, it's not just, hey, let's go get a good player. You got to get a player that you think can be similar to that type of production. There's only really two situations that I look at that give you the chance to do that, realistically. Houston being the second pick of the draft and Indy being the fourth pick of the draft. Let's live in these hypothetical worlds where Baltimore gets to the point, okay, we'll, we'll trade Lamar Jackson. Houston, who has the number two pick, only likes Bryce Young. Hypothetically, I'm assuming. They, they, they think Bryce Young's the only guy at the quarterback spot that could play. All the other guys stink. Well, what happens if Bryce Young goes number one? Houston's not going to take just anybody. So then it becomes more of a realistic situation for Houston to call Baltimore. And what happens if Baltimore is like, we think Anthony Richardson, who's pro day today, is going to be an amazing player. That's when they sit there and go, well, maybe we could trade Lamar to Houston, get the second pick and something else. We take Anthony Richardson. with Now they got a hit on Anthony. But that's the only way that those two situations, and the same with Indy. Hypothetically, Indy thinks only one of these two quarterbacks can play. They both get taken early on. Baltimore loves somebody else with the number four pick. And then they made the trade and hit on the rookie quarterback. But it's very difficult to sit here and think how Baltimore trades the mar and doesn't take a step back. So the key here is that if if either
1: one of those scenarios were to work out for Baltimore, they'd still just have a chance, as Dan put it, of remaining competitive because it's far from a guarantee that one of these rookie QBs who's expected to be available at three or four overall, say, like an Anthony Richardson from Florida, as Dan referenced, there's no guarantee he'd be an automatic plug-and-play kind of guy for the Ravens right from the jump. And let's not forget this, too. While Tyler Snoop Huntley had the Ravens on the doorstep of a trip to the divisional round in January, to say there was a drop-off in offensive production when he took over after Lamar's PCL sprain would be an understatement. With Lamar leading Baltimore's offense since being drafted back in 2018, the unit scored over 28 points per game. When he hasn't been on the field for 18 games throughout those five seasons, the offense has scored just 18 points per game. And 10 points, that's a significant difference over a pretty decent sample size. Now, Snoop obviously hasn't started all 18 of those games, but he has been under center for a handful of them. So you get my point. The drop-off is significant. But since we've mentioned Anthony Richardson's name a couple times, being that his Florida Pro Day was held Thursday in Gainesville, his performance had lots of folks talking, including RG3, who tweeted the following, quote, Anthony Richardson isn't just a naturally talented athlete. He worked hard to hone his skills and has the intangibles to be a star in the NFL. Watch the tape, and you see his ability to control the offense at the line of scrimmage, His physical stands out, but the mental is there, close quote. And I thought Steve Smith Sr. summed things up as well about AR-15.
5: This is investment. And no one wants to be known as the person who passed on Tesla or Amazon. Because now you have to look back and then the question is going to be when that owner says, what guy told us not to draft him because of the, air quote, the, the floor, right? We know what the ceiling could be, but what is the floor? But the problem with that statement and the problem with all of that is how long and how much is going to cost you, but how long is it going to take for him to develop into that Corvette, into that beautiful, extravagant house that you're expecting it to be? What happens if it only, if it takes five years, right? Is he a kid that you want him to play tomorrow? I don't believe he's ready to play tomorrow, not because he can't. It's because he lacks the experience and with lack of experience it comes with it becomes a roller coaster and you don't want to allow a young kid to lose his confidence he's not 22 23 years old and he's been around the block this is a young kid who has a lot of athleticism a raw talent and you got to be careful you got to use kid gloves and make sure you mold him in the right direction and also too, find out what he does well no kid is perfect coming out the draft but also None of these guys are transcending right now. They all have some errors. And so that's what these guys are here for.
1: All right. So with this week's owners meetings now in the rearview mirror, I thought it'd be helpful to run through some rule changes that are now officially being implemented ahead of the 2023 NFL season. So let's begin with some simple fashion. Players can now wear the number zero as a jersey number while kickers and punters can use any jersey number between zero and 49 and 90 through 99. Uh, Replay officials will now be allowed to review a close failed fourth down attempt automatically so teams will not have to challenge it if it's a close play which in turn should help speed the game up since the replay official has jurisdiction to review automatically. Uh, Elsewhere, a player can now be called for tripping, which results in a 15-yard penalty and an automatic first down. Uh, We mentioned this earlier in the week, but NFL rosters will remain at 90 throughout the entire preseason. And then they'll have one day to trim the roster from 90 to 53. And if you want to circle that on this year's calendar, it's Tuesday, August 29th. So those were some of the notable changes, at least from my vantage point, that went through but there were also some rejected rule change proposals worth mentioning as well. And the first one is a big one to allow roughing the passer to be a reviewable call was rejected. It was proposed by the LA Rams and came in response to what we all know were multiple instances last season where roughing the passer penalties were called on quarterback hits or sacks. That seemed like, let's be honest, fairly ordinary tackles, straightforward tackles. And I bet you, I am sure that Ravens cornerback Brandon Stevens was in favor of this one. Seeing how Jerome Boger's crew, remember back in week four against the Bills in October, absolutely hosed them there. And that was a big factor in helping decide that game. Before I jump to quick hits, though, one more worth noting is to allow teams to go for it on fourth and twenty following a score instead of an onside kick. This was proposed by the Philadelphia Eagles and came in response to an all-time low rate of 4% of onside kicks being recovered. And before I fly, some other quick news items, beginning with this from former Patriots star cornerback Asante Samuel, who on Thursday... Tweeted his reaction to the rumor that Lamar Jackson wanted to play for New England. He wrote, quote, Lamar, my brother, trust me, you don't want to play for Belichick, close quote. Now, Samuel has long been critical of Bill Belichick, and he's on record for saying that Bill created a negative environment despite New England's success. And he's also well known for crediting Tom Brady as the reason the Patriots won six Super Bowl titles during that duo's time together. And quite notably, former Raven and current Patriot Matthew Judon, he quote-tweeted Samuel clapping back with, quote, hush up, it's different over here, close quote. In other news from earlier this week, former Ravens tight end and current free agent Nick Boyle was spotted at Maryland's Pro Day to showcase his skills as a long snapper. According to the Baltimore Suns' Childs Walker, Boyle says he's hesitant to sign with a team in a tight end role because of that surgically repaired knee, and it just requires so much maintenance. And finally, on opening day across Major League Baseball, the Orioles held on to beat the Red Sox in Boston. 10-9 was the final. Baltimore's young phenom Adley Rutschman became the first catcher in Major League Baseball history to record five hits on opening day in the wind thanks for listening to the morning vault we created our show to keep you plugged into all things ravens if you've been enjoying our content please consider joining one of our membership platforms at patreon.com forward slash ravens vault podcast as you probably know by now we have been betting on ourselves by creating content independently from any big broadcast station or corporation and with your membership support you'll give us a chance to keep churning out daily Ravens content for years to come. We'd also love to hear from everyone, whether you're a patron or not, with comments, questions, or if you'd ever be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com and that is all the time I've got today, but I'll be back on Monday with the Ravens news you
4: need to know.